Welcome to For Husbands Only, a podcast where I discuss the hidden, overlooked, and unspoken topics that most husbands wrestle with. What's up, everybody? I am your host, David Taylor. You may know me from Mend Our Marriage, and hopefully you'll get a chance to know me with this brand new podcast. This is episode number two of For Husbands Only. And this show is intended to be an outlet for husbands who are hiding their hurt because they don't know how to process it, communicate it, and cope with the pain in a healthy manner. Also, this show is intended to be a safe place for husbands to go so that they can receive insights into some of the major issues that men struggle with. Also, this is a place for husbands to receive encouragement, direction, and accountability with helping them to become better men and better husbands. Lastly, this podcast is a call to action for men to escape mediocrity so that they can truly become the heroes for their families. And as I mentioned in episode one, I will be doing a 10 show trial to see if this is the type of resource that men, namely husbands, will consume. And so if you missed the first episode, go back and listen to it. That way you get a feel for where my heart is pertaining to the show. Also, I'm really passionate about improving the overall state of husbands so that they can improve their own marriages. So this is a call to action for all of you men listening. I am challenging you guys to man up. But guess what? I'm not just challenging you guys and acting like I got all my stuff together. I'm also manning up. <laughs> so we're going on this journey together. Now, today, I'm going to talk about a very unspoken, controversial an overlooked topic. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, I'm going to talk about men and their penises. Yes, you heard that right. Men and their penises. <laughs> See, I had to go deep for that one. You don't want to miss this episode as becoming a better man and a better husband has everything to do with understanding the connection between us men and our treasured penises. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny to say that, but Anyway, I will warn you in advance that this may not be a PG-13 conversation because I'm actually going to be talking about some things that, well, you know what? If you have a son, this actually would be a good show for him to listen to, but make sure that you're supervising him because, uh, yeah, he'll may, he may have some questions at the end. <laughs> but anyway, let's go ahead and dive right in. Again, welcome to all of the husbands that are out there listening, seeking to improve their marriages. I won't let you down with this particular episode. First, let me start by sharing with you a concept that you may have never heard before. The concept is called penis envy. I learned about this theory when I was studying psychology while pursuing my master's degree. First, I will give you the traditional concept of what penis envy is, and then I will give you my version, so the David Taylor version of penis envy. <laughs> so first, this is how I first learned about it in, in college, in graduate school. Uh, I learned that penis envy is a stage that is theorized by Sigmund Freud. And I don't know if you guys know who Sigmund Freud is. If you have studied psychology, you know his name. Uh, he's considered to be one of the fathers of psychology. Uh, but anyway, uh, he says that this stage is a stage regarding female psychosocial development in which female adolescents experience anxiety upon realization that they don't have a penis. I know this sounds kind of comical, but just kind of go with me. 
<laughs> so Freud considered this realization a defining moment in a series of transitions towards a mature female sexuality and gender identity. In Freudian theory, the penis envy stage begins the transition from an attachment to the mother to competition with the mother for the attention, recognition, and affection of the father. So, as you can already tell, this has nothing to do with men. So let me share with you my 21st century theory of penis envy. This is the David L. Taylor theory of penis envy. And I'll be honest and toot my horn a little bit. I like my theory better than Freud's theory. But I will say this. A lot of people say Freud was crazy, and he was. Uh, but there are some underlining truths to some of the things that he said. And so uh, I have taken some of that and applied it to my own. So I see penis envy as the anxiety that male adolescents experience upon learning from society that penis size is a direct correlation to masculinity. See, to me, this realization marks the beginning of the transition from boyhood to manhood and starts a young boy's awareness of the societal pressures of measuring up to the prototypical man. This is further influenced once he is first exposed to sex through either pornography or inappropriate sexual experiences. Now, again, like I said, this may not be all the way PG-13, so if you got a son listening to this, make sure that you're able to explain to him correctly all the stuff that I'm about to talk about, because we about to go in. <laughs> so, now you may have never heard the phrase prototypical man, but I assure you that you have seen him. He is the image that you see most heroic figures play in movies. He's often tall, dark, and handsome. That's probably where they get the tall, dark, and handsome from. All of the women want him. All of the men envy him. And he always wins in the end. If you've ever watched porn, most all men look like this as well. They appear to be perfect and often have above average penis sizes. And we all know the research talks about that, uh, that, you know, most men who are doing pornography are chosen because they are extremely well endowed. Okay. This is not what most men look like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's strange because I was never aware of my penis and more importantly, my penis size until I was first exposed to pornography. Now, here's where I get to kind of self uh, disclose a lot of information that nobody knows about me. So just kind of hang on. So my experience was probably like yours. If you grew up in the eighties and nineties, see, I stumbled upon some VHS pornos <laughs> while hiding in my mother's closet. Of course I wasn't supposed to be there, but I just so happened to be there because that was like the prime real estate for hiding. And yeah, I didn't know that there were porn tapes, but my curiosity immediately got the best of me. So it was kind of like a box of tapes there and the tapes didn't have any labels on it. And so I was like, this is interesting. What in the heck is in these boxes? <laughs> so of course I do what any 12 year old or 11 year old would do. Take the VHS, put it up in the VHS player or the VCR player. For those of you who still know what those are. And yeah, <laughs> uh, let's just say, my life was forever changed after seeing those videos. See, upon first seeing these movies, 
Uh, I was, it was as if an appetite that was lying dormant for an eternity had just been aroused. Yes, I do mean aroused. <laughs> I could not unsee what I had just seen. And my preteen eyes were now open to a whole new world. A world of breasts, of vaginas, the curvy body of a woman, and the notion that, guess what? A man's penis was the tool of choice when it came to pleasing women and feeling good about himself. Now, this is deep. It was a subconscious belief system that had developed, but it developed nonetheless. Also, there was the notion that the bigger, the better. <laughs> yes, the bigger the penis size, the better. That was the notion that also came as a byproduct of me witnessing pornography at the age of 11 or 12. From that moment, deep insecurities about the size of my penis began to set in. Now, remember, I was only 11, right? So here I am, an 11-year-old prepubescent boy comparing my penis size to that of a grown man who did adult films for a living. I mean, can you see the uh, the um, trouble with that? I mean, it, it just happened. It wasn't something that I intentionally did. It was like, well, this is what I have. This is what they have. Shoot, I have a lot of work to do. But again, remember, I was only 11 years old, right? I mean, I wasn't developed yet. <laughs> now, I know that I'm peeling back the layers of my life, but it's all intended for a purpose. See, think about this. When and how did you first learn about sex? I want you to ask yourself that question. When and how did you first learn about sex? Maybe you accidentally saw or heard your parents getting it on, <laughs> like some of y'all. Maybe it was through a family member or a friend either exposing you to something sexual or doing something sexual with or to you. That happens, right? No matter the case, I can almost guarantee that Whenever that time was, you almost immediately developed a keen awareness of your penis size and its relationship to your masculinity. See, I distinctively remember another phase of my psychosocial development. It was about eighth grade. I was about 13 years old, uh, right on the, on the edge of about to start hitting pu puberty. I was still about the same height and weight as all of my sister's. Right. Including my younger sister. So I was I was just on the edge, just about to start hitting puberty, you know, voice getting a little deeper, cracking a little bit, getting a little taller, but not that much. And I'd started hanging out with a group of guys that all had similar interests, you know, as we do in eighth grade. So we hung we hung out together mainly in school and started a little group that <laughs> we would use to position us at the top of the dating food chain. Cause this is right around the time where, you know, we starting to recognize girls, girls are starting to recognize us and it's all about competition. So we developed a group that would put us at the top of the food chain. <laughs> By then we all knew about sex. We were interested in having girlfriends uh, and we were already undergoing the effects of penis envy. So I <laughs> can't believe I'm about to say this, but the group that we started had a very peculiar title. It was called Big Dick Click. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just said that word, Big Dick Click, or BDC for short. We would go around claiming that, and we even had a little gang sign that we made up <laughs> with our hands to set claim, you know, to let people know what click we were a part of. 
We all bragged about the size of our shoes and talked about having large penises to other girls and talked about other boys who were not part of our little clique. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have done something like that. We all joined this group off of the honor code, right? Because it was like nobody was initiated or had to demonstrate that they were really being truthful. It was the honor code. It was, you know, it, it made it easy to lie and mask the real reason why we were part of such a group. The truth was that at the tender age of 13, we were already being hardwired to believe faulty beliefs that would travel with us into our adult lives. Sitting here thinking, (laughs) it's crazy to believe that the exposure to those porn tapes was the catalyst that changed my self-perception and the very thing that supercharged my sexuality. At that age, I had begun to seek out and rely on the affirmation of others to validate my masculinity. The problem, for me at least, was further compounded by the fact that I did not have my father in the picture to help mitigate those effects. Even if he was, though, I would have probably still learned that strength, size, and the ability to please a woman equals masculinity. Now, before I move on, I just want you guys to think about that. Think about where and when you learned that that strength, size, and the ability to please a woman equals masculinity. I want you to kind of think about what was going on at that time in your life. For me, it was playing hide and go seek, and I stumbled across a box of porn. Now, let me clear this up. The porn, the boxes of porn was not my mom's, by the way. It was my stepdad's. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to put that out there because, you know, if you go on my Facebook page, you can find my mom. And I want you to think, well, dang, David's mom was getting it on with them porn tapes. No, it was not my mom's. It was my stepdad's. And he had had the tape, the boxes in there. And again, like I said, when I put that tape in there, I heard noises and I saw things that I had never seen before. And I had to rush to hurry up and try to, you know, after watching it for a couple minutes, I had to rewind back to the spot that I thought it was at. Because I didn't want to get caught. But it was crazy because that's when I learned that strength, size, and the the ability to please a woman equals masculinity. Now, I'm sure you've been exposed to similar messages. The message that the size of your penis equates to the level of your masculinity. And on a much deeper level, that your self-worth is found only in your ability to please and be accepted by others. Now, this is deep. I promise you, as a husband, think about this. Most of us have been exposed to the faulty message that your self-worth is found only in your ability to please and be accepted by others. So we go around pleasing people and making sure that everyone accepts us, right? And I'm going to talk about this in later episodes because this is episode two and it's just a prelude to episode three, which is part two of Penis Envy. This is where part two is where I get to actually go deeper. So I want you to kind of definitely stick around for that because like part two is probably going to be twice as long as this episode uh, and it's going to be twice as juicy. This is where I'm going to go even deeper into the often overlooked area and talk about its implication on your marriage and on you as a man. You absolutely don't want to skip this episode. Also, I'm going to talk about 10 ways to tell if you suffer from penis envy. Yeah, I'm going to talk about 10 ways to tell. So, okay, let's wrap this episode up. I know it was a quicker episode, but this is just the introduction. 
Most of my shows will be between 20 and 35 minutes long, uh, you know, because I know as men, we are kind of in a rush for a lot of things and we don't like to sit around. So I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm a cater to that. Now, um, I want you to remember one thing. You can subscribe to the podcast and iTunes uh, by just typing in for husbands only, F-O-R, husbands only. And if you like, comment, share, or leave me a message on the website, fourhusbandspodcast.com. You can go to fourhusbandspodcast, F-O-R, husbandspodcast, all one word, dot com. Uh, you can look up episode two and you can leave a message there. So let me end by saying this. Let's go on this journey together, guys. Okay. Let's all go on this journey together as we look to become better men, better fathers, better husbands, and understand that you are already loved and affirmed as a man. So you don't have to go out looking to fill that void. Now, that may sound weird coming from a man to another man, but in episode four, all this will make a lot more sense. But stick around for episode number three, which is part two of Penis Envy, because we about to deep dive into this. And yeah, I don't want you to miss out. So, fellas, I appreciate it. Go out and love your wives. Kiss her. And uh, I will talk to you next time. Deuces.